the Raiders. Most of all, I love the win. You're now listening to State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Ted Nguyen, and Deshaun Reed on the Athletic Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to State of the Nation here on the Athletic Podcast Network. Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Ted Nguyen, Deshaun Reed, ready to get you set for the Raiders trip to Cleveland to take on the Cleveland Browns. The 5-2 and two Cleveland Browns, although we'll get into them a little bit later. The the record maybe doesn't quite match their performance uh, when you look at their schedule. But the big topic, the Raiders, their defense is going to look different on Sunday in Cleveland. What exactly that means, we don't know. But John Gruden insists that the scheme will be tweaked, the scheme will be changed. Obviously, the same guy will still be calling the plays, Paul Gunther. But John Gruden says there will be changes defensively, and, and obviously you would think there would have to be. I want to see that uh, the Cardinals defense, the 0-6-5 defense. That was pretty nice. I like that defense. That's what I want to see. I think they're going to start blitzing a lot. I think they were starting to kind of ramp up their blitz percentage before they played the Chiefs and the Buccaneers just because Mahomes and Brady <laughs> are just really good against a blitz, so they just couldn't do it. But I think this week, especially against Baker Mayfield, who just hasn't handled the blitz that well, I think they're going to ramp up their their blitzes. Yeah, that's the only major t- change I can think of. I don't I don't see them shaking up the starting lineup too much. You know, maybe maybe we see a little bit more of Mohurst or some of the other reserves. Maybe some of the starters start losing snaps um, that aren't performing well. Um, I don't I don't see them changing their coverages that much. So. Yeah, I agree with Ted. Probably more blitzing and, and maybe some guys who are underperforming, you know, start, start losing some playing time. Obviously, after Sunday, we were wondering, you know, could there be some acquisitions uh, out there? And a couple of pass rushers, a couple of veteran pass rushers were traded this week. Everson Griffin went from the Cowboys to the Lions for a conditional six-round pick. And then the guy that we talked a lot about on Sunday, a guy that has the history with Paul Gunther's defense, Carlos Dunlap, was angry and upset, wanted out of Cincinnati. He ends up in Seattle for a seventh-round pick and a backup offensive lineman. Obviously, these are prices that I'm sure the Raiders could have afforded. We don't know how much they explored these moves, but who here is anybody disappointed? Uh, I'm sure the fans are always going to be disappointed. You know, fans always get excited about names, and these are guys that were names. Any disappointment that the Raiders didn't go out and bring in either of those guys? I was a little bit surprised when I saw the the price for Carlos Dunlap. I know he pretty much tanked any trade value that he had with how he was acting, but you had to think that was something that the Raiders could match or maybe do better than. Um, I know he has, you know, a couple of years left on his contract, but I don't think the guaranteed money is all that much. I could be wrong. But and additionally, they'll have some some free cap space this summer with some of the, the moves that they can make. And so I think, you know, considering outside of their one good game against the Chiefs, how bad the pass rush has been this year, I would have expected them to. Who knows? Maybe they did. But how low the price was, I I was a little bit disappointed they didn't make a move there for Dunlap. Yeah, I think on Dunlap, the cap hit that the Seahawks will take on is, uh, um, I guess, probably a prorated portion of about $4.9 million, and there is uh, nothing guaranteed after this year. Uh, you know, he's got a high 11.25 cap hit for next year, but that's non-guaranteed. So it would have been, you know, some kind of, you know, prorated portion, I think, of 4.9 uh, on the cap to bring him in for the rest of this year. Yeah, and they have around, I think, around $5 million in cap space. I know they restructured a couple deals to create that cap space, so you figured they would use it. But 
even though you know all the off the field stuff is concerning, you know they just brought back brought in David Irving and we know his history. So I just think that's a move that you you probably should make. My guess, I mean, I think it's a really good price. I think definitely in Seattle we got a lot better today. So my guess is that you know the Raiders have these guys they're invested in, invested in in Crosby and, and, and Furl for you know the draft picks last year. Then they paid a good sum of money to Carl Nassib. They're not really, I guess, to give up on him. So if you bring in a guy like Dunlop in, he's going to play. He has to start because you're, you're paying for him to come in and make an impact. So I guess they weren't ready to write off the guys they have in in house right right now. And I think John today we talked about it it's a little bit. And Gruden kind of didn't seem like he really was too keen on the trade. It seemed like um, obviously anything's possible, but it seemed like he wants to go with the guys they have and they want to figure it out and, and fix what they have rather than add new pieces. I thought they should have made a move for Dunlap too, especially considering the price that he was traded at. But the reason why he got mad and you know with the situation in Cincinnati was because they reduced his role. So if he did go, you know, come over to the Raiders, he would want to be an automatic starter. And like you said. You know, even though the, the pass rush has been pretty bad, I, I don't know if the Raiders would be willing to give up on their uh, young defensive lineman and just give Dunlap that that role. I think they want a guy to be a situational rusher, but I'm not sure if Dunlap would be too happy with that that role. Well, and obviously, kind of, what's the reason why Dunlap was unhappy in Cincinnati? His role had been reduced. I mean, he was not playing that much the last couple of weeks. He had one sack on the season. So uh, certainly, you know, there had to be questions about how much he had left. And and I guess, if you know, we were using the Paul Gunther connection as to why the Raiders might target him. Well, that also might be, you know, a benefit that Paul Gunther kind of knows the player he is and knows what he was when he played under him. And if he watched some tape and saw a player that's uh, playing at a reduced level that wouldn't help them, uh, you would think he would he would have a little bit more information about that. All right. Well, um, you know, Vic, I know you wrote on Monday, you know, kind of looking at the free agent signings and, you know, we're trying to figure out why this defense is struggling so much. And this stat really is pretty eye opening when you say Corey Littleton, Nick Kwiatkowski, Carl Nassib and Malik Collins. And obviously Kwiatkowski, we know, missed a few games there. But those four guys that were brought in to bolster this defense have combined for five tackles for a loss, three passes broken up, one quarterback hit half of a sack, and no interceptions. I don't have the exact number that they paid for the four of those guys combined, but it was a lot. And uh, that that's just, that's not cutting it. Yeah, and the answer, who knows what the answer is. I mean, people, fans want to say it's Gunther, but I mean, I'm sure it's part of it. The scheme must be part of the issue. But also, these players aren't really flashing at all. I mean, I mean, you see Kwiatkowski once in a while, but I haven't really seen Littleton do very much. So I'm not sure if he, I know he has some, uh, they have like a knee injury early on. He was kind of nursing, so maybe that's still an issue. But um, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that's the million-dollar question. So I'm sure it's with John and, and, and Paul Gunther trying to figure out this week to get those guys going. Like Malik Collins, the guy they brought in, they hyped him up, and Rob Manelli knows how to use him. So if he's not playing well, that's that's a huge mystery also because you can't say the scheme's not working for him because the scheme is why they brought him in. He I means so something's definitely wrong, and it's something they got to figure out uh, ASAP. Well, a bit of positive news. Malik Collins had his best game against uh, the Buccaneers. Brady was just getting rid of the ball really quickly. Collins played surprisingly well against a quality guard in, in Alex Kappa. So maybe it's a sign of things to come. Maybe that pep talk you know, kind of worked a, a week later. But um, yeah, Collins played well. You played well. Man, the bar must be low if you played well. Because I, I only saw, <laughs> saw him on two plays. But man, I'm not watching the film like you are. That's double than what you'd seen That's true. Okay, there you go. He's double his production. But, I mean, uh, wow. I mean, I guess the bar must be low if you played well. 
he had some wins. He had some win, wins against Kappa. And, um, you know, to stay on the positive note, the, the Raiders' run defense has been better lately. Wow. You know, maybe, maybe teams just don't, don't have to. <laughs> maybe they just don't have to uh, run the ball because the pass is working so well. But um, they had some stops against the Buccaneers' run game. You are Mr. Positive. I'll give you that. That's, that's good. <laughs> I'm trying. I, I, I'm trying. I like, no, I like it. I like it. It's good. I know one of the excuses they've been using a lot is, well, it's not really an excuse. It's true that they had a, a weird offseason, you know, where they don't have OTAs and the preparation they normally would. And maybe that makes it difficult for some of these new guys to come in. But, I mean, we've seen some new guys play pretty well elsewhere in the league this season. And so, you know, I, I think that's fine, you know, in the, in the early weeks of the season. But we're, we're starting to get into the middle portion now. You would figure guys would, you would hope the guys would start to figure out the defense by now. I know Gunther has a complex defense, but. You know, the way they play so far, like you said, just hasn't been acceptable. Here's I have a random thought. I'm not saying this at all what the case is. I'm just I'm just wondering if. I'm throwing it out there. What if bringing in Rod Marinelli, and obviously he has his own ideas in the D-line of his scheme, what if that's not quite gelling with what Paul Gunther had in mind in his scheme? Maybe there's some issues there because I'm trying to figure out why things worked last year a little better. Than the, the defense has gone downhill since last year. So, that's. I mean, I have no idea if that's true. It's just something I just, just thought of right now. I'm throwing it out there for your guys' input. I think Gunther's always been a single gap guy, and Marinelli's always been a single gap guy, so their philosophy should match up with each other. Um, early in the season, there was a bunch of miscommunication going on in a run game. Again, I, I really do think they, they're playing better against the run, but the pass rush is just it's not there. And I, I think Brady was getting rid of the ball pretty quickly, but we'll, we'll see what happens with this when they ramp up the blitz. What if the changes you line up Mohurst at the end all the time? Maybe like the one time they got to Brady was was Mohurst <laughs> at the end. Maybe that's his new spot. That'd be kind of cool. Worth a try, right? I mean, anything at this point is, <laughs> it's, is worth. It's a the shot. one thing that worked on Sunday. Should try try, try <laughs> it again. Yeah, why didn't you do that more? <laughs> Back to your your Marinelli Gunther idea. I mean, when you think about it, if Gunther sees Marinelli hired, Marinelli has you know years of DC experience, and you know everyone kind of pointed that out as okay well if they have to make a move here's the, the incumbent waiting whatever kind of here's the guy in waiting well what kind of dynamic does that create on a coaching staff if, so let's say marinelli is like hey let's do this let's do this and you're gunther and you're like well if, if we do what you do when it works then then you're going to take my job i mean i don't know that any of that stuff's going on but you know you, you mentioned you wonder what what that kind of duo how that's affected him. i mean that's that's one possibility i could see being somewhat sensible yeah, because obviously, I mean, the D line was you know on the way up last year under you know the young players, and they seem to be gelling well with Brenton Buckner. Then uh, Gruden mentioned that his guy became available, so he got his guy, and they had to let go of Buckner, even though he did a nice job last year. So it's it's one of the changes they made. That they brought some new guys in, and they got the, that, that one coaching change, and the defense is worse. So you got to look at all possible angles as to why it's worse. All right. Well, the other aspect of the. Raiders that's struggling right now is is the running game. We talked a lot about it on Sunday, and Josh Jacob finally talked to you guys on Wednesday and asked to kind of identify, diagnose for himself what was the problems on Sunday, and he really pointed to the fact that the offensive line didn't get to practice last week, that five of their stars were out, four of them, four of the guys who ended up starting didn't practice, and of course Sam Young got hurt pretty early in that game, and so felt like as an offensive line that they just maybe weren't quite in sync with the game plan. That's a reasonable reason, but uh, certainly still the Raiders are going to have to find a way to get that turned around. Yeah, I wrote a piece earlier this week kind of looking back at the Bucks game just because that was the worst rushing game of the season, what went wrong there. And 
you know, he's right for that specific game, the offensive line. Not only had they had a short week of preparation, but they had multiple guys out as well. But, you know, as I pointed out, this has been really a season-long trend for for Jacobs. I mean, he only has one game this, this season so far where he's averaged over four yards per carry. You know, I don't think any of us really expected that going into the season. And obviously the offensive line has been beat up throughout the year, but they've gone from, you know, him perform- being one of the elite backs in the league last season to – really struggling this year. And, you know, even though Derek Carr, I think last game, he still played pretty well without the run game being there. Obviously, the, the offense is going to be limited with it being a run first offense. And so, you know, we'll see this week. They're expecting to get Trent Brown back into the facility, you know, as long as he clears protocols and everything. And, you know, Gabe Jackson will, will be there as long as he doesn't step on anybody again. So, you know, maybe this this week it gets a boost. And it sounds like Richie Incognito, maybe, you know, maybe next week or, or sometime within the next month or so, he, he, he could be back as well. So we'll see once the offensive line gets healthy, whether things change for him up front. I expect him to get back on track this week in the run game. Obviously, they should be practicing this week and they'll get a little more, some more reps together. Uh, if Trent Brown comes back, that's going to be a huge boost. They're going to be playing a Cleveland run defense that um, they're not terrible, but they're definitely in the bottom half of the league as far as run defense. So I'd be surprised if um, Jacobs didn't have a 100-yard game this week. Yeah, I'm not usually big on excuses, but I think Josh's makes sense. I think you know, the O-line was they're gone for all week long, and they played against a really tough, tough defense. So uh, I'll give them, you know, the, the, it was a bad week. So I think they will be able to move on. I think, like, he, like Ted said, the Browns are a much different animal as far as their defense. So I think the offense should be back on track this week. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. All right, well, let's take a look at those Browns. They are 5-2, and two, which on paper looks pretty good. Kind of start examining their wins. They've beaten Cincinnati twice. They've beaten Washington. They've beaten Dallas. Their best win, I think you would call it, would be beating the Colts and blown out 38-6 in the opener by the Ravens and blown out 38-7 by the Steelers. So really, with the two best teams they faced have blown them out, and then they've beaten three pretty bad teams and then beaten an Indianapolis team that's been sort of up and down. Offensively, I mean, in all those wins, we're talking about 32-plus points uh, in every one of them. Uh, The offense disappeared in the two losses, 6.7 points. But a team that obviously has some weapons, it's explosive. They won't have Odell Beckham Jr. He's out for the year with a torn ACL. Baker Mayfield has been banged up lately. Austin Hooper is banged up. Their stud pass rusher, Miles Garrett, is banged up. Both those guys didn't practice on Wednesday. They've got some injuries on the offensive line. I mean, this is a game that you would normally look at. Okay, you're going on the road to play a 5-2 and two team. That's really tough, heading to the East Coast. But I think this is an opportunity for the Raiders to go on the road and get a win. Yeah, I agree. I think the two teams that they got blown out by, Baltimore and Pittsburgh, obviously those are two of the top defenses in the league, but they blitz a ton. And... I think if you take away the run game from the Browns, Kevin Stefanski, their head coach and play caller, he's doing a really good job of protecting Baker Mayfield with a ton of bootlegs and you know, scheming guys open. But if you take away the run game and you blitz so that they can't run a lot of boots and you make Mayfield drop back, I think you have a chance against them. You know, I don't think the Raiders are going to go from a defense they are going to all of a sudden hold these guys to single-digit points. But I think they have a chance to have a pretty good game against Baker Mayfield and the Browns. Yeah, this is probably their easiest game since week one, I think. I feel like we would all agree on that. Um, they've had a really tough beginning to their schedule, um, and this is kind of when it starts to ease up. Not to say they're, they're not a good team. Obviously, you almost have to be if you're 5-2. and two. Well, They've beaten some not-so-impressive opponents, but you, you know 
you have to play the schedule that's in front of you. And so it's not exactly, you know, a guaranteed win or anything of that nature, but it's, it's definitely probably their most or their easiest game in, in weeks. I was going to pick the Raiders, but it sounds like all you guys are going to pick the Raiders. So I got to, I got to think, change my thinking. I don't want to be on the bandwagon, but um, I do think the offense will score points. Defensively, I'm a, I mean, I still think they're going to have issues, even without all back I think the Browns are pretty tough. Cream Hunt, I'm not sure how the Raiders handle him. I think they have a lot of bunch of tight ends who are pretty good. Uh, Raiders haven't shown any cover tight ends this year. So I think the defensive problems are going to continue, even if they blitz more often and, and all their big changes they have coming. So I think the only chance to win is in a shootout. And they, they definitely can do that. That's definitely doable. You know, we talked about some of the injuries. Uh, the Raiders did get back at practice on Wednesday. Brian Edwards, what's what's his status looking like? Uh, is there a chance that he could make his return on Sunday? No, I think well, it was a chance, but uh, I think Gruden used the word doubtful when talking about Brian Edwards in his press conference. And so it sounds like they're going to take their time with it and, and let him get back comfortable before you bring him back out there. And, you know, I think with as well as Nelson Aguilar has been playing, there's no need to rush it. But I guess things could change if he looks better toward closer toward game time, but it, it sounds like he's probably going to be out this week. And, and go back and watch the film. Aguilar, he could have had a huge game against the Buccaneers. It's not an indictment on Carr because, you know, there were times when he got open and Carr hit somebody else for big plays too. But, I mean, I, I was just pretty surprised because the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have some good cornerbacks. And, yeah, Aguilar was kind of cooking them. So I would expect, expect him to have a pretty good game against the Browns too. Was I off base on my, on my assessment of the, the late drops in that game, or, or was I was that accurate? Well, I mean, there's some people saying that there was uh, that that interception. There's some people that are saying that 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 interception should have been uh, there should have been a pass interference call. He he did get there a, a little early, so I, you know I don't put it on him too much. I'm I'm just saying he he got open a lot, but yeah, the drops were were not good. But there was one at the goal line. I'm, I'm just trying to, I'm, I wasn't sure. I know you went back and I haven't watched it. I'm sure you, I wasn't trying to clown anybody. I was just saying that you've watched it more than I have since the game. So I was curious if I was accurate. Because sometimes I, I pop off a little much. So Drops weren't good, but he, he was getting open against uh, some tough man cover corners. He's going to be a huge guy next year in the free agency market. Oof. I mean, drops have always been his thing, right? That's that's really the, kind of the story of his career in Philadelphia. Um, he can get open, but can he catch the ball? And he's been pretty good, but... He's got to keep that up and kind of keep away from those drops. Let's uh, take some questions here. Uh, we're going to go to this one from uh, from Greg L. We're just about halfway through the season. Yeah, we're six games. That's a couple weeks away, but all right, we'll, we'll give it to him. We're just about halfway through the season. Who is the team MVP? Who is the miss disappoint? Who is the most disappointing? I think Carr has got to be the MVP, right? I can't think of anybody else. Yeah, Paul Gunther. No, Derek Carr. <laughs> Most disappointing. I think we have several options. To me, Corey Littleton for the amount that he was signed for, for the expectation that he was going to be this great athlete at linebacker that could really fly around and make plays and, and be a, a great pass coverage guy. Probably tops the list, although obviously the way they talked up Malik Collins, he's pretty high up there, but maybe a tie between those two guys? Yeah, I'd go with Malik Collins only because Gruden kept talking about how he was the key to the defense. and like That we signed to a one-year deal? Yeah, well. <laughs> Such a key. I'm changing my vote. My vote. My vote's changing. I'm going to Corey Littleton. Basically. That's a good point. Corey Littleton is the most disappointing player so far. I would say Collins because I think Littleton at least flashed a couple times during games where Collins is pretty much like a zero until you just, you just uh, said he was, great, said last he was game. great last week. <laughs> until this game, he, he flashed uh, this game, but before uh, that, he was pretty much like a, a goose egg on a defense. 
I think Carl Nassib might be mine. Wow, Carl Nassib. I like it. Like he's they gave him a lot of money, man. Like a lot. And he hasn't really like done much of anything. I don't, like how many sacks does he have? Maybe half a sack? He has the, he has the half sack. He has the one stack of all the guys we've talked about. He has the one stat. He's the best. He's the best. <laughs> but like okay, I, like when we say disappointing, it's like you expected them to be like when that sign didn't happen, I was kinda like, eh, so yeah, probably Littleton, because like I, I pretty much assumed that given how he had played with the Rams, like he may not be great, but at least he'll be good, you know, in his first year with the Raiders, and you know, he has he's been pretty much a non-factor to this point, and obviously, you know, it's a much bigger financial commitment. So, I'll stay with the Littleton train, but I think I'd probably put Nassib over Collins just because of the investment that they made into him. I was going to say, the media is to blame a lot for this whole thing. Because myself, I was the guy leading the parade on Littleton. I'm like, oh, my God, if I had a linebacker, I had the pinatas out and the, the streamers and the mariachis going and the, all the food. I was I was having a party, but while wow, I finally have some guy I can watch and say, that's how you play a linebacker. It's been such a rough 10 years for Raider fans and myself to watch some really bad linebacker play. So I, I set the bar way too high, way too high. And it's definitely been uh, kind of crushing to watch the first six games. I think Nassib is probably the worst contract just because, I mean, when he was signed, it's not like he was signed at all that money to come in and be a starter. It was, you already kind of knew he's going to be a situational pass rusher. And when you what get what, 8 million a year or whatever it was to be a situational pass rusher, like you have to be a guy that can at least come in and get six, seven, eight sacks in a year. And uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's obviously far from that. He's, he's got a half, but He's probably the worst contract, but I mean, Littleton was obviously paid so much. Is he worse than the Mariota? Ah, uh, well, that's a different category. We haven't touched that one. See, Mariota's another one you just forget about, right? Seven and a half million. I ain't paying <laughs> he's an, it. He's inactive. That's why you forget about him. He's not in their freaking game day roster. All right, let's head over to Tim O. He says, Josh Jacobs has yet to crack 100 yards rushing in a game. Do you see that changing this week against the Browns? Ted already gave him the yeah. yes. question. Come on, Tommy O. Timmy O. It's happening. Bet the over on, on Jacob's rushing yards. This bet week. the over. Can you? Is there a prop bet like oh, that? Oh, definitely. I mean, you can find that anywhere, man. Online, sports books. Vic will take your money. Vic, you, you, you bet against it? No, no, I'm saying over. The over probably, I'm going to guess what it is. The over under is probably 81.5 yards. That's my guess for the over under. So take the over. All right, we'll move on to the next question from Alex V. Another positive angle. If the Raiders win the next three games, is that an automatic guarantee in the playoffs? What? <laughs> so they win the next three games. Are they guaranteed next three to make games. the playoffs? So that would be beating the Browns, beating the Chargers, beating the Broncos, and they would get to 6-3 and three entering their uh, Sunday night home showdown with the Chiefs. And they would still have the Falcons, the Jets, the Colts, Chargers again, Dolphins, Broncos left on the schedule. I mean, probably. Six and three. They'd be three and zero in the division, too. I'll bite. Yeah, if they win the next three games in a row, sure, they're in the playoffs. Merry Christmas. I'll, I'll bite. I'm in. I think Vic, were you just not thinking they were going to win three in a row? Or was no, that's, like... that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't see them winning three in a row. So if they do, I'll be. Uh, I'll say the playoffs are guaranteed. I mean, that, that schedule is possible. Oh, it's definitely possible. It. It's possible. I'm in on it. Let's go. I've been watching... Justin Herbert, I just wrote an article on him. Man, that guy looks good. I mean, their defense is allowing 33 points a game, and we're saying they're going to roll off three in a row? All right, that's fine. I'll take it. Let's do it. No, I'm not saying they're going to do it. I'm just saying if they do it. Right, right. We're all saying the same thing. If they do it, they're guaranteed. I'm in. We're in. We're all in. 
All right, final question before we make our predictions. Jaden D, I understand this is Gruden's show and Mayock is number two, but I want to know how much influence Paul Gunther has had on defensive personnel. Probably not as much as Rod Marinelli. Yeah, I think that's a good question. I think, obviously, they, they talk to him about stuff, but I think when, when the bullets are flying and free agency and stuff, I'm not sure, like... I'm not sure Corlilton's a guy he would have picked as be a, a fit for his defense. I think uh, Malik Collins obviously was a Rodman early guy, so I think um, it's not as much as you would think. I think um, the last this last year or so, he got perfect. Vontez was his. Uh... He's definitely high in the corners they got in the, both free agency and in, in the draft. So I think uh, he definitely has some stamp on uh, on it, but uh, not as much as you would think as far as him and Gruden being longtime friends and he and Mayak being longtime friends and it being his defense. I think there's some guys that were brought in that maybe he wasn't totally um, sold. Not, I don't want to say it's sold on, but not totally like really fired up about. My theory is that he was a big part of why they drafted Farrell because he, always, he kept on talking about he wants a big you know, run-stuffing defensive end, and then they, they, they picked Farrell. Yeah, after that pick, they probably stopped listening to him. Wow. God. I'm not sure I saw it went down, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> Just my theory. That's, a, that's not a bad theory. Who knows? We're not, we're not in the war room. I don't know. Who knows what's going on there? We got the Marinelli theory already. We got the theories cooking this episode. Yeah, they're cooking. All right. Let's make predictions. And this is how we're going to end the uh, the episode on a positive note. Tashawn, take it away for the first time since week one. <laughs> Are you picking the Raiders to win? Yeah, this is gonna be a start of their their three game win streak now. Yeah, I'm, I'm picking them to beat the the Browns. I, I know it's a road game and you know defense isn't playing well still, but I think they they win a, a high scoring affair with the Browns on the road and, and get the job done. Okay, Ted, I like the Raiders this week. I think they're gonna win 35 to 24. We got the defense holding them to 24. I think the defense is gonna surprise this week. 38 35 Raiders. Both of these are. Are teams that uh, are going to put up some points. The Browns of uh, outside of those two games against uh, Baltimore and Pittsburgh have put up a lot of points. So uh, I think they put up a lot of points in this Raiders defense. Raiders going to have to win a shootout, and uh, I think they will. That's why I went last. I thought I saw this coming. I saw all was picking the Raiders, so I'm not picking the Raiders. I think if we all pick the Raiders, they got no chance to win. So I'm going to go with the uh, the Browns, fifty-one to forty-eight. Fifty-one. Fifty-one to forty-eight. <laughs> He said last week he was going to... It was locked in. The score score was locked in. Oh, yeah. I forgot. (laughs) Locked in, man. 51-48 Browns. Wow. So I got a question. If they lose 51-48, can Paul Gunther really keep his job? Hell no. (laughs) No way. (laughs) I don't think if they allow half a hundred, he can keep his job. 55 is a lot of points. 51. 51. 51. 51. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, 51. Calm it down, Ted. <laughs> 51 without Odell. I'm not saying it's all against the defense. Could be like a kick return. Could be like a pick six. I'm not saying. You call it out, Derek, for nah, throwing I'm a pick six? I'm saying it's possible. I'm not saying. Well, I'm, not, I'm not a freaking mind reader. I'm just saying. No, but I'm just asking. If, if, if they give up 51 and it's not like three pick sixes and a kick return. Here's a weather update for for Sunday. Rain Uh-oh. showers Uh-oh. along with windy conditions. Uh-oh. Morning high of 51 degrees with temps falling near 40 degrees. Winds 25 to 35 miles per hour. Chance of rain 60%. Winds could get occasionally gust over 40 miles per hour. Does that change the 51 to 48? I should have checked the weather. Yeah, you should have, man. It's your fault, man. You should have told me <laughs> that before I made my pick. No, the pick's already in. I can't change it. The pick's in. Check Slack. He's trying to give us tips, man. I turned my notifications off so I could focus on the podcast. We got to focus for our listeners. 
You know what? It's a bad pick, but I already made it. So fifty-one forty-eight. <laughs> Through the the rain and the wind. Through the rain and the storm and the wind, the monsoon. It'll be a lot of turnovers, a lot of fumbles, return for touchdowns both ways. Vic is so selfless. He's gonna harm his own prediction record just so the Raiders have a chance to I'm win. I'm having a better anyway. It doesn't matter. My record <laughs> is already trash. So, but to answer your question, if they give up fifty-one points, yeah, I think Paul Gunther's might be in trouble. His bum will be warm. He's going to be burning with 51. No more, no more bum talk. That was my bad originally. Actually, you can say the warm bum has been totally cooled. Gruden said the warm bum has been cooled off, right? They're not going to make any changes. They're not making any personnel changes. Everyone's bum is nice and comfortable. It's got to focus on football. We're laughing too much here on the show. We we like to just enjoy ourselves and have fun, but I did have one of our listeners yell at us and got very upset that we laughed on a podcast. So, guys, we need to, we need to stop having fun. We can't. Why was no, he no mad that we laughed? Because no, uh... we were making fun of them or something. I he he did not like that we we laughed on a podcast. We were disrespectful because we laughed. So we've got to keep a serious tone the rest of the way. You know, no no more laughing, guys. All right, I just wanted to make sure I get that out there that the reader the listeners do not like the laughing. At least this one. This is a laugh track. We're not actually laughing. No, see, like when I first get on the podcast, they say I'm too monotone. Now I'm laughing too much. Which one is it? What do you want? That one guy's going to be pissed off when he hears us saying they're going to get 51 points scored on him, and I'm laughing my ass off. So That's just I, Vic. He, he, That's has just Vic. Point. he has a valid so. point. I apologize. I'm not laughing at you. I'm just laughing at my bad pick. That's all. Vic Tafer could be reached at 510. All right, guys. Well, that'll wrap up this episode of State of the Nation. We will be back, of course, on Sunday after the Raiders take on the Cleveland Browns from a wet and windy Cleveland, and uh, we'll see if... All of us who predicted a uh, shootout before we checked the weather report will uh, actually be accurate or not. That's just bad picking right there. You got to check the weather. Man. Oh, everybody knows that. <laughs> check the weather report. I didn't give my score. I just said they were going to win. I didn't give my score. Oh, very clever. Uh, right. He said a shootout. Yeah, he did say yeah, a shootout. Well, you know, shootout is relative. You know? All right. A, 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 low, a, a low shootout. Not a high shootout. <laughs> All right. Talk to you guys Sunday. All right, Joe. All right. Later. Adios. I think there's a little bit of a warm sensation on his bum right now, probably, I think. 